John chapter 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. The word giveth is in the present tense and so refers to an action that is going on whilst the Lord is speaking. It does not therefore refer to a once and for all action by God carried out in eternity before the world was created. But the Lord is saying here, all that the Father is giving me right now will come to me. The Father gives to the Son all who accept that God exists, created them, and must therefore be obeyed. The Father gives to the Son all who feel their sinfulness and need of salvation, all who desire to be reconciled to him, all who genuinely seek after God the Father, he gives to his Son, that they might then be brought into fellowship with the Father. So as men, under conviction of sin, respond to the Father's drawing work on their hearts and consciences, it is then that the Father gives them to the one whom he has appointed as his mediator. For the Father has entrusted the work of salvation to his Son. In short then, if anyone is genuinely seeking God, then he or she will come to Jesus Christ. For the Father gives to his Son all who come to him. We read in Matthew 16 and verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Here we plainly see that a true knowledge of Christ is the result of the Father's drawing work. God draws through the creation, through circumstances, through working on people's consciences, and supremely through the gospel. All who respond will come to Jesus Christ, because the Father will give them to him. There can then be no true faith in God, unless there is also faith in Jesus Christ. Because the Father gives those who genuinely seek him to his Son, the unique mediator between men and God, whom he has appointed. Anyone, anywhere in the world, who responds to God's call, will be given by the Father to his Son, so that the Son will save him. Every true seeker, therefore, will inevitably be brought to God the Son. 
The Apostle Paul states in 1 Timothy 2 and verses 4 and 5, God will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, no one can genuinely come to God without also coming to Christ, because there is no other mediator, and because the Father chooses to give all who approach him to his Son. There is then simply no knowing God by bypassing the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one who has genuinely come to God the Father who has not also come to God the Son. Our Lord declared in John 5 and verse 23 in the previous chapter here, All men should honour the Son even as they honour the Father. He that honoureth not the Son Honoureth not the Father which hath sent him. And further on in this chapter 6 here, we see in verse 44, the Lord says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. So the Father draws men to his Son through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's work is always to glorify the Son. Further on in chapter 15, our Lord teaches, When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Those whom the Father draws are directed by the Holy Spirit to believe in his Son. When they do this, they are then indwelt by the Spirit who always testifies of Christ. So every true seeker after God will inevitably be brought to the Son. Those to whom the Lord speaks here do not believe in the Son, because they are not true seekers after the Father. The Lord is addressing the 5,000 whom he had fed with five loaves and two fishes. They are following him, but not because they are genuinely seeking God. And so the Lord has said to them in verse 26 of this chapter, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. They are following the Lord then because he has fed them, fed them in a material way. And they are probably hoping that he will be an earthly ruler who will make them well fed and prosperous permanently. In verse 36 here, the Lord says, Ye have seen me and believe not. 
And so our text is in the context of the people's unbelief and rejection of God. It is in this context that the Lord says, or that the Father giveth me shall come to me. You yourselves are not coming to me, but all that the Father giveth me do indeed come to me. Therefore, you have not been given to me by the Father. And this proves that you are not genuinely seeking the Father. You are preoccupied with your earthly affairs and with earthly bread. But what you really need is the spiritual bread, which only I can give to you. You do not come to me for this bread, because you are not humbling yourselves before God the Father. You are therefore not among that number whom the Father gives to me. So we learn here that any true seeker after God will of necessity come to Jesus Christ, because the Father gives all such to his Son. So to come to the Father is to come to the Son also. If men never come to Christ, it is because they reject the Father as well. Now the Lord says in verse 38 here, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. The Lord reinforces the fact that to reject him is to reject the Father by asserting that he came from the Father and was sent by the Father. Indeed, he is in such perfect union with his Father that he has come directly from the Father's presence, from heaven itself. No other prophet of any other religion can make that claim. By asserting his heavenly origins, the Lord is also making known his own divine status, which again makes him the unique mediator between God and men. Our Lord's deity is also seen in the following references in John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 30. I and the Father are one, meaning one entity, one essence. The word one there is in the neuter gender. We might expect the masculine gender, but it is neuter, which is instructing us that the Father and the Son are of a single substance, a single essence. They are both fully divine. In John 14 and verse 9, our Lord says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. So, again, this is an affirmation of the Lord's divine status. To see him is to see the Father also. Chapter 17 and verse 5. The Lord prays 
And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And so there, our Lord is actually saying that he existed alongside the Father even before the world was created. Therefore, he must be fully divine. So here we have these references to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to be familiar with these references because this is so often the primary doctrine of the Christian faith, which those who are opposed to the Christian faith attack, namely the person of Christ. Our Muslim friends uh, frequently, when we are witnessing in the high street, come up to us and say, Jesus is just a prophet. He is not the son of God. He should not be worshipped. Well, we need to know how to counter that argument from the scriptures. The Son then has shared in the fullness of the Father's glory since eternity. He existed with the Father before ever the world was created. This, of course, is asserted in the very first verse of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is a title of Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when the Lord tells us in verse 38 here that he came down from heaven, he is telling us that he is in fact God manifested in the flesh. And as such, he is the unique and perfect saviour of sinful men. We further read in verse 37 here, the Lord says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. The Lord encourages these unbelieving Galileans to come to him for salvation. He tells them that they will be received by him, no matter how wicked and faithless they have been in the past. He is a truly compassionate saviour, turning none away who come to him for mercy with a truly repentant heart. There is indeed rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. The Apostle Peter, in 2 Peter 3, and verse 9 says this, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so here we have a plain statement that the Lord will receive any man out of the whole population of mankind who comes to him with a humble heart. Uh, we are not interested in theological labels and theological camps, but what does the scripture 
plainly say here that God desires the salvation of all. If there is a real resolve to have nothing further to do with sin and unbelief, then the Lord Jesus Christ will receive whoever comes, no matter how black their past. Let us note, however, that God's great compassion for sinners is inextricably linked with the need for repentance. And men are enabled to repent as God works upon their hearts by his Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul states in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Again, we see that the Lord's willingness to receive the sinner demands the sinner's willingness to separate from all previous uncleanness. And so the Lord Jesus Christ does not receive those who are determined to carry on in their sin. We must be very wary then of the false gospel which declares God loves you just as you are, which implies that his love is prepared to overlook ongoing sin of which men do not repent. In Matthew 23 and verse 37, our Lord said with grief in his heart, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. He was talking to his people. They were a wicked, hard-hearted people who generally rejected him. He came into their midst, teaching them about the kingdom of God, performing many miracles before their very eyes. He would have gathered them to himself, but they would not. They were not willing to come to him. And so this was a great tragedy because God is not willing that any should perish. All have a great burden of guilt upon their back. All need to come to the only Saviour. This is why our Lord said in Matthew 11 and verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All need rest from the burden and guilt of their sin. And it is only the Lord Jesus Christ who can relieve the sinner of their burden. And he has promised that he will cast out none. In him there is rest, safety and refuge. Now the Lord says in verse 39 here, And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, 
that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. This is a further declaration of the Father and the Son's desire to save sinners. We note here that the Lord refers to the Father's giving to him of all believers in the past tense. All which he hath given me. Whereas in verse 37, the present tense was used. All that the Father giveth me. This change of tense is because the Lord is now referring to the end of time, to the last day, when all the Father's giving to the Son will have finally ceased. It will then be too late for unbelievers to change their minds and seek after God. So the Father gives all genuine seekers after him to his Son to act as their saviour on the last day, the day of judgment, so as to raise them up unto everlasting life. The Lord Jesus Christ will keep all those committed to his trust and will bring them safely to his heavenly kingdom. He will lose none who will not lose themselves by their faithlessness and rebellion. God is not willing that any should perish. But if any do perish eternally, it will only be because they have put themselves out of Christ's keeping power. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51, the Apostle Paul declares we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so, the Lord Jesus Christ is the unique and compassionate saviour, for he will raise up our bodies from the dust of the earth on the great last day. As the Lord said in the previous chapter here, chapter 5 and verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And then, here in verse 40, our Lord declares, This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. And so, let us note 
that resurrection to eternal life is conditional upon seeing Christ for who he really is, as the Son of God. It is conditional upon believing in him, trusting personally in his sacrificial death in the sinner's place. The Lord Jesus Christ can raise us from the dead because he raised himself from the dead. He is fully divine. His resurrection was the first fruits of the resurrection of all who are united to him by faith. He will raise men from the dead on the day of his return to this earth as the judge of all flesh. This world is not just going on and on interminably, but there is already fixed a last day. And this last day will be the day of judgment. The Lord is teaching us here then that anyone who is genuinely seeking God will be given by the Father to his Son in order for the Son to save him from his sins. All who genuinely believe in God the Father will also of necessity believe in God the Son because the Father gives all such to his Son. He is the unique Saviour appointed by the Father and he is perfectly equipped to be the Saviour being both fully man and fully God. It's a mystery, but this man, Jesus, is both fully human and fully divine. He has come down from heaven and he declares to sinners, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out, no matter how black your past no matter what awful sins you may have committed, come to Jesus Christ with a humble heart and he will receive you. Because he is full of compassion. God is not willing that any should perish. And he saves men for all eternity. And he will raise up their bodies from the dust of the earth on the great last day. So these verses in John chapter 6 are teaching us about the Son's status. He is fully divine. He is God manifest in the flesh. And he uniquely is the perfect saviour of sinners. May all non-believers today grasp hold of our Lord's words and apply them to themselves. 
This is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen.